Good afternoon and welcome to Eco Activist Journeys. My name is Leah Wyman and I'm a second year student from Germany at the University of St Andrews. A special welcome if it's your first time tuning in. I'd like to, yeah, give you a special welcome and invite you to log into the Buzzbox to join the discussion and comment if you wish. And yeah, just some background information. The show runs every um, Saturday from three to four during term time. And um, yeah, I t um, discuss all sorts of um, topics around sustainability, um, climate change, activism, um, yeah, politics as well, um, and community, yeah, making a difference and yeah, looking at different um, ways we as, a, as individuals and as a society can um, contribute to making, um, using our talents and making the world a better place, you know. Uh, but yeah, nothing about that. Today I'm going to start talking a bit about news specifically the climate strikes, since they are topical at the moment and, um, yeah, also very relevant. Um, and it's important that we engage with that topic. And then I want to discuss, um, for the rest of the show, I want to discuss a little bit more about feminism and climate change politics, which, um, and how these two are interlinked, um, more than one would think initially. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, if you're interested, interested in that and also contribute and add your thoughts because um, I think it's a very fascinating and important topic to discuss. So yeah. So yeah, yesterday on Friday the 12th of April, there was another Friday for Futures Climate March all around the UK. And the especially big ones were in London, Sheffield, Manchester and Brighton. Um, but there was, yeah, it's different towns around the UK also hosted some and I mean around the world as well. I think in Germany there were again hosted and uh, Sweden and yeah, other European countries. So um, we, uh, even though it was quite a grey and cold day, um, we hosted one in St Andrews of both school children and university students. Um, but yeah, it was a yeah, it was a little bit colder and then the and then the one that we hosted on the fifteenth of March. And then it's also school holidays. Um, so we had about one hundred people um, and march around along North Street, School, um, South Street, Market Street, before coming back to uh, the San Salvador Squad, the university, um, where sort of centre-ish of the university. And um, at the end of the march, we also had an MP from uh, Northeast Five join us and support us at the um, and give a little speech and support our strikes, which is um, Stephen Gethins. And yeah, it's just good to know that there are politicians out there that are backing and supporting the climate movement and um, the school strikes. Um, so, yeah, of course, St. Andrews is just a small town and we, we weren't like a massive group um, because, yeah, we're not in a city. And, um, yeah, I mean, St. Andrews is quite an interesting demographic as well. So, um, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, what really is important is that we get the message out there um, and that we show that we care, that we stand in solid solidarity with the global movement. I think that is in a particularly important aspect um, because it's easy to say, oh, yeah, what is this going to help with, like, we as individuals striking with such a small town or whatever. Um, <laughs> but that's not really true, you know. We can make such a difference as individuals. I mean, just looking at Greta Thunberg, she started her school strikes for climate alone outside of her parliament in Sweden. And look what a movement she has set off. And I think yeah, it's so easy to underestimate what we can do because it's easy to say, oh, I can't do anything because I take agency away from us that we do have. 
Um, so it's good to take back that agency and say, you know, it does matter. And it does matter that we say something, that we stand in solidarity with the global movement and that each and every single one of us can stand up and use our voice for positive change. Um, and I also heard, heard recently heard a statement that stuck with me um, and that I like to share. So you know how in stories and books, people always discuss how when they time travel to the past, they have to be really careful about what they do because the smallest action could change the present. And then there's this whole discussion and dilemma around that in like, yeah, in, in stories. So yet when we really, when we talk about, we really never really talk about how the smallest action in the presence, present could influence our future. So that's something I urge you to think about, you know, how can the smallest actions that we do today influence what we do in the future? And how can we utilize that? Because if you think about it and you believe in the fact that, oh, the smallest thing in your past could have changed its way you are now, which I think is quite often the case if you look back at turning points in your life, then you realize, oh, how the things led up to those turning points and uh, how that sort of moved you forward to where you are now. Um, so, so, yes, moving on to the topic of feminis feminism and climate change politics. So importantly, just to uh, mention about feminism, I think it's really important that we, everyone becomes aware, you know, that feminism is not just about women, but it's also about men. And it's about how gender stereotype affect both men and women and looking how we can uh, deconstruct these discourses and these um, frames and stereotypes and how they affect the, um, yeah, how the world's working and how we as society view things. Um, because gender stereotypes do also play into politics and political ideals. For example, um, what plays into characteristics that I associate with the idea of a state. So characteristics such as strength, rationality, independence, and protector are automatically associated with masculinity, while characteristics such as emotionality, weakness, and the need for protection are then as the opposite often associated with femininity. And, um, you know, these mascul masculine ideals are not just projected onto men, but also from the baseline of how society views the state and how society views interactions and uh, views um, political action. So, for example, desirable policies often associated with like power and autonomy and one that protects citizens from outside dangers and therefore, you know, kind of takes on the characteristic of hegemonic masculinity. But yeah, you might be asking yourselves, what does that mean? How does that fit into climate change politics? And... Um, yeah, firstly, I'd like to for you to just have a think about, you know, think about what some significant climate activists, you know, what are the climate activists that you first think about? And uh, yeah, you can also comment them in um, the buzz box if you wish, because that would be quite interesting to know. Then we can have a, dis um, yeah, sort of look at those. But, you know, for me, I think men, m most of them are female, you know. And it, I think it's so striking to see, you know, how... how 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 is it that there's so many more female climate activists um and also when i look at where i'm involved in in university the societies environment societies and movements is a lot of females and very few males um and i mean it's something sometimes easy to forget but when when i look around myself i'm realized whoa all these people were getting involved in environmentalism and uh yeah climate change activism even at mostly female and 
you know, why is that? Because I think it's important to question, you know, question the places where there are only men, question the places where, where there are only females and question, you know, why there's, why there are these differences. Um, and I mean, I think maybe, maybe why is it seen as a more feminine thing to like maybe care for the planet or engage in environmental behavior? So I think that's often more associated with, um, yeah, with women. Is that goes back to the stereotypes and ideologies of caring and yeah, being a mother and just being feminine. And um, yeah, I think that's important to look at when deconstructing that sort of discourse. Um, and then I think another important factor is, you know, we have to look at that women are often more vulnerable to climate change, especially in the global south. And the statistics show that women are affected more by um, by natural disasters and by the decisions that are made for um, about climate change and about um, climate change policy. Yet women are not the ones making those decisions, which is another quite worrying factor because, for example, you know, only 10% of the world's um, head of state are women in the world. And yet many of the major decisions that are made around climate change and around anything really are made by men. Um, and I think that it can be very problematic, especially if those voices are not being considered, vulnerable voices and vulnerable groups are not being considered. Um, because then, for example, in the global south, many women have, uh, in households, have um, the responsibility of the energy sector and around cooking and I'm saying this very, see, this is a very typical thing to say as well. But in the in the global south, some more um, stereotypical mm, ways are still preserved, I guess, in how what men do, what women do, and how like food is collected, and you know, sort of the roles. And um, for example, in the energy sector, there's many women that are in have to make um, that are involved, that are affected by the decisions, but the decisions that in the energy sector themselves are mostly, mostly um, male-dominated. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I think that's sort of, but then also there's a lot of um, pressure put on women to be agents of um, change and to take responsibility and move towards sustainability, and which is often also done because there are many climate women and climate activists and, um, who mobilize and who talk about those stories and who try to um, look at ways how, you know, yeah, be more sustainable and make households more sustainable. But then I think that that often frames women as both victims and agents, and that can con conveniently almost um, take responsibility away from males um, because it's the woman who's framed as oh, both the victim but and also the agent who has to do something about it. Um, yeah, and I'm obviously not saying that is the case always and everywhere, but I think that's an important narrative to look at and story to look at. And because we really need both men and females to become planet protectors and environmental activists. And that's why we need to look at, ooh, why is it that they're more female activists, you know, climate activists? Why is it that so many of the dominant sectors that are contributing to climate change, like the energy sector, um, yeah, tr public transportation and things like that, those are often male-dominated um, yeah, why is that and how does that contribute? And then those choices made of uh, in the sectors are often made by men, but then are affect, uh, affect females. And um, yeah, so uh, that's why I do think, you know, it's so important to like try and draw more links between climate change, politics and feminism. 
and sort of draw more attention to um, that as well because I think, yeah, caring is something that men should not try to hide and to try to hide less because, it's, you know, I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of being human to really care and nurture and love this world. And um, I think sort of stereotypes around uh, what hegemonic men are supposed to do and supposed to be and represent um, also inhibits males from kind of taking on that role because is seen as a more uh, feminine feminine um, characteristic. And um, yeah, and in actual fact, I think, you know, caring takes a considerable amount of strength and putting yourself out there and um, going on despite, you know, what other people say and uh, what is thrown at you and despite keeping sort of keeping your heart open um, to still caring and loving the world despite all the problems and all the things in in your life or in the world that are difficult and just kind of moving on and sort of being strong, being, um, yeah, taking that energy to something positive. And so I do actually think that takes a considerable amount of strength beside, you know, despite being seen as like a weakness in dominant society. So I think that needs sort of to be reframed and that can be reframed um, with more attention paid to it. And I mean, I think there's so many things that just happen automatically, which you don't even necessarily pay attention to. For example, I went to tutorial classes with two completely different groups. And both times um, I realized, I mean, obviously this is a group of people like probably don't know each other that well. Automatically, all the girls sat on one side and all the boys sat on the other side. And it's just really strange to realize that, you know, whoa, like subconsciously just automatically the women clog together and automatically the men clog together. And I, I mean, yeah, it's probably... And it's just interesting to notice, you know, how there is still like such a separation in, oh, what men are supposed to do and what women are supposed to do and um, characteristics behind that instead of, yeah, yeah, redefining that a bit. Um, but yeah, I actually, um, I actually thinking of like writing something together as well, like a uh, blog post about it on my website so if you're interested um yeah please contact me or comment um can then I can be more inspired to do it as well but I, I'll probably do it anyway because <laughs> I sort of just I'm the person who if I feel something passionate about something if I want to do it um I'll do it <laughs> so um but it, it was good to know if you know that people are more interested in that as well want to hear more about it um yeah so before we move on to the more dis discussion around that, um, I'm going to play the next song, which is um, Circle of Life from The Lion King. And I thought it was just a, you know, a good song to kind of remind yourself that, you know, we're all in, uh, in this world together, you know, we're, we're all this world and uh, we need to work together to sort of um, push for change and to, yeah, be be the be the stewards of this planet but anyway <laughs> let's go on and listen to the circle of life from the day we arrive on the planet the blinking step in to the sun there's more to be seen that can never be seen more to do that can never be done Some say, 
So I thought I'd talk about another theory, which um, is ecofeminism. And um, actually, before I start with that, I just want to say, <laughs> I think when I started university, I was kind of like a little bit skeptical of theories because I was like, oh, well, I can't really explain everything in life. And it's just just so theoretical <laughs> that it's like obvious and um and there's so much more to what one theory could ever explain in life and it just simplifies things so much and um, and now I actually think it's so important to look at theories especially different theories I think it's really wrong if you would only look at one theory and say oh I think that theory explains everything in life and everything in politics and everything yeah um because there's no such theory I don't think um, well, I, yeah, there is just no such theory because the reality is just too complex. But I think looking at different theories makes you look at like different angles to look at things and sort of can inspire you to think about things differently. Um, so I think that's actually really cool that, you know, we, that sort of enables to new lens to look at things and sort of also a new way to maybe find solutions. So that's why I think also feminism is really all the feminist theories because they're so many um, quite important to look at when looking at climate change politics because they could offer some new solutions and way to look at the world. But yeah, basically ecofeminism emerged out of critical feminist theory um, in order to address like human um, and nature power relations and to question human dominance on earth. So it kind of analyzes power, how power structures interact and sort of result in the objectification and instrumentalization of nature. So it says that, you know, it kind of argues that patriarchal system, world system, um, backgrounds, both woman and nature um, as peripheral and subordinate. And um, that, you know, sort of also goes more into how, you know, that patriarchal reasoning argues that, you know, nature can be... Um, reconstructed and improved as a better entity to serve mankind and then ecofeminism offers sort of a critical critique of that domination mastery over nature by humans and um, sort of yeah can therefore also offer empowering forms of resistance both towards um uh, yeah addressing um, patriarchal society culture and um sort of analyzing the human nature relationship and that sort of human feeling of dominance on earth without recognizing you so sort of acting as if we're visitors on earth sort of passing by where really we're also part of the earth just like sand and stones and the birds and the trees and the water um and i think that's an interesting perspective to look at things and to sort of question um that sort of dominance um and yeah to go into that so um yeah, and I think um, it's really also empowering to see how um, it can be moved and um, used sort of feminism to also bring more women into speak about, you know, about climate justice and pushing for action. Um, um, but also sort of hearing opinions because I think what is quite interesting to realize, I think in general, like men and women, but also within different society groups and with different locations that uh yeah, there's just a different opinion and way of viewing climate change. Um, and um, men tend to, unfortunately, like perceive climate change as, um, as less risky and less serious. Whereas like research on that women just generally tend to express more concern around climate change issues and believe that the seriousness is underestimated by news and the government. And then as a result, they push for more ambitious climate goals. And um, But that the problem is that there's, you know, this disconnect between 
those that make the decisions and those that are affected by them. And um, I think leading into that is also, once again, important to, um, yeah, to look at uh, how... Um, how we can sort of address that sort of um, disconnect. Um, yeah, I kind of forgot what I wanted to say next. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, it's just important to like just be on identifying, yeah, that we need woman empowerment, that we both need men and women as agents of change. And we sort of in general need to question gender ideologies. Um, yeah, sort of, um, yeah. That, that's sort of more looking into. But what is also important to realize, obviously, that feminism does not hold all the answers or all the solutions. And um, it's just one lens to look at things and maybe to view things differently and to question why are certain things in the way? Why are there so many more female climate activists? Why are um, there so many more um, political actors that, like, that make the decision on climate change um, rather than the female... Um, yeah, motivators and movements. Um, and, you know, but then also saying that, you know, yeah, and just, yeah, but then it's also important to, you know, to really question, like, well, what's the point of gender-sensitive policy if there's no ambitious climate policy? So I think that's what's really the problem at the moment, that we just don't have ambitious enough policy um, for the change that we need because for decades we've been discussing this and, yeah, governments have been discussing this. So many climate conferences internationally, so many movements as which have kickstarted again and then slowed down again and then kickstarted again. And um, yeah, just important to look at like why have we not really been moving forward and how can we make climate policy more uh, ambitious? And really, that is not just empty words, but action. And I, I think that's sort of also where the problem is at the moment. There's many promises and uh, many things in place but then there's no yeah there's not enough action taken on them it's not high enough on the political agenda really it's not discussed with the same seriousness as things like war or brexit are discussed we an actual fact you know this is threatening our existence on earth and it's threatening our future and it, it should be on that priority it should be discussed right at the top with that same seriousness. And I mean, when was it a few months ago when British Parliament were discussing climate change and there were just so few MPs, like members of Parliament that turned up, there were like eight. Um, usually that place is so full when there's a discussion around Brexit or something. And that's just ridiculous, you know. Just ignoring the issue does not solve it. And just ignoring the movement... Um, it's just not helpful to to anyone. Um, it's just it, it, we just really need to yeah question how you know that we with climate change we actually I don't have an historic opportunity um, to not only make the world more sustainable but like more democratic and and more like equal to address inequalities. To, yeah, just make the world a little bit better place to sort of fix some of the market problems that we're having um, and sort of. Direct our economy towards a more sustainable uh, future as well. So yeah, I think yeah, with feminist theories, with any theory, really, I think they kind of operate in isolation, especially when addressing such a complex issue such as climate change. Um, but 
I think that is an important lens to sort of look at the world and um, have some sort of new ideas and new um, new ways to look at it and also question it and trying to question how can we address that. And I mean, and that is a bit of a challenging question. How can we address that sort of gender stereotype of that it's more of a woman thing to care for a planet and a male thing? And how can we sort of address that eco-friendly behavior is not just females doing it, but also men take an agency for uh, yeah, eco-friendly behavior and in households and individuals and in general. So also to take off some of the burden that is just being placed on, especially vulnerable uh, women for carrying the main burden of being, uh, yeah, um, have, living with the uh, influences of climate change, but then also um, having to be the sort of responsible person to try and address those. Um, but yeah, um, well, I still have got a long way to go for <laughs> just trying, you know, make the world a better place uh, in terms of equality, in terms of sustainability. Uh, yeah, in so many ways. But <laughs> it's uh, it's also hopeful, you know, to, to see that there is the things that we can work on to make, yeah, to make a difference. And uh, I think, yeah, it's important to sometimes also look out and see, you know, where are people making a difference? And how can we challenge this? And um, how can we ourselves become, yeah, the agents of that change, sort of? Because if you start doing it and normalize it in your surrounding, that automatically has an effect on um, how things are done in general and how people view it. And it just becomes more normal. So we all can form part of that agency. Um, but yeah. Okay. So. Let's talk about a little bit more again about currently what's happening environmental movement wise, which is the upcoming Extinction Rebellion strikes in uh, yeah around the UK, many centered in there in London. That's where the massive strike is going to happen, but happening globally all around the world. Um, yeah, it's an international movement. Uh, it's an international statements towards saying that you know not taking action against climate change is criminal and it's destroying destroying our world and we need to do something about if we want if we want to have a future and uh yeah i think that sort of addresses the fact that uh, it's so it's so easy to uh, to see to kind of ignore the climate movement um well i, I say it's easy i, I don't think it's easy it's, i don't know how people do it really but then there's this whole statistic about like people wanting to rather live in denial and things like that because <laughs> yeah anyway but um, yeah, it's just sometimes, you know, I just walk along the streets and people just, just, it kind of puzzles me, you know, how can you not even want to like engage or discuss it or make your voice heard about something that is literally going to affect your, our tomorrow, every step, like everything like we do today and how we voice our voice, it's just going to have an impact on our tomorrow. And um on the future of the, of of our yeah of generations to come, and this I think it's kind of quite puzzling, especially for the parents in this world. You know, if, if people, if you have children, how how you know how 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 can you be able to say that you're not doing something, you're not doing your best? If they they're the ones that are the, whose future is literally being stripped away, 
And I think that sort of emergency sometimes often taken away from discussing climate change because often discuss a sort of very long-term process, which it is, but it also isn't because we're at this point where everything is accelerating. So we're moving closer and closer to the tipping point um, where we're just sort of where we can't do much from which we, when we reach that point, there won't be, it, we already have reached a critical level, so there won't be that much we can do to hold climate change because it's got, like, it's got rolling, you know, and it's already affecting so much. So I think everything is speeding up in terms of climate change. And I think we, I think that is very visible at the moment in the world. Um, how, yeah, how Earth ecosystem and biodiversity are being brought out of balance. And then, but then, you know, saying, wow, we still still despite everything that's happening there's so much beauty in this world and there's so much to love and yeah it's so special we need we need to protect it and we can protect it at this moment still so why why would we not and why would we in the process not try to make this world a bit better place in general you know how can we make society more involved how can we create more citizen assemblies and um, civic society organizations that make those long-term decisions on climate change and sustainability and uh, yeah, that's also what XR is um, really pushing for. So there's the strike in London, which is happening starting on Monday. There's also it's also been in collaboration extinction rebellion. So we've been doing um, collaborated with the youth climate strike movement on Friday already. It's already kick started, and then yeah, it's, it's actually already started. There are a few things also happening. I think this weekend, and then on Monday, um, as, as, as well as in Edinburgh, um, sort of. When, when sort of the international declaration of rebellion um, is really, um, yeah, really also um, making people more aware about, uh, the government more aware that this is, <laughs> this is our future and we are, we are going to not, we're not going to be silent until something is done. And yeah, we're going to, we're going to um, protect what we want to protect, what we, on the earth, what we, we, yeah, we stand for what we stand on basically. And then, um, yeah, the, um, Tuesday especially, I think, is also going to be a big day because it's about um, civil disobedience and sort of bringing and sort of making people aware that, yeah, sort of disrupting the system and saying, you know, climate change will cause so, so much havoc. And already at the moment, it's so difficult to move away because we can't have a long, slow, long-term plan anymore. There will have to be some radical changes about how things are working. And that will be difficult. But, the, yeah, it's an emergency. And that could have sort of brings me into the topic of um, culture declares emergency campaign. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it. Go look it up. Um, it's sort of a statement by culture and by theatres and uh, art. The arts really saying, "Oh, we support this movement and we, um, yeah, we stand in solidarity with. We declare an emergency for the climate and ecological disaster, and we want to push for change through art, through creativity." And I think that's really, I think that's really powerful. That's a really great initiative. There's also the Letters to Earth campaign, which is about, um, yeah, where the loads of um, letters from children and um, individuals and, uh, yeah, also I think some more prominent individuals and celebrities as well send in letters and have sent in their voices saying, um, like sort of, yeah, Letters to Earth, Letters to Future Generations saying, um, addressing how how we can um, look at this um, challenge and what we can do and sort of sort of also raising the public profile, right? raising the emergency rate that people actually are viewing climate change. 
um, and also, yeah, companies, I think there's still so much lacking in companies that say, oh, we have one sustainability aspect, and then they do this one project, and they think that solves, that's them ticking their sustainability box, which is so narrow-minded in today's world when we have so many major problems um, with climate change. And then that that needs like that climate change really needs to be top priority in, in any organization within any decisions that are taking that needs to be the a social umbrella term social responsibility umbrella um included in every single decision and aspect um so yeah more locally again <laughs> to St Andrews um <laughs> if I have any uh, St Andrews listeners today who are really interested in that in sort of that cultural emergency campaign I'm trying to put on an event for the reading of those um some of the letters from the uh, from from the yeah the the book that was kind of put to, that was put together with all the voices and messages that were sent in or a few not all um, a few messages and voices that were sent in um sort of reading those I had sort of poetry around that um singing artists it's sort of like an art an arts event cultural event saying oh let's discuss climate change let's put this higher on the agenda also in the arts and in society in general um <laughs> if you're interested in that. Um, if you have any ideas, if you have anything, yeah, you want to perform or want to uh, support through that uh, and use your talent, uh, maybe because that's maybe speaks more to you than protesting or whatever, sort of that using your talent in that way to make a difference, then please contact me. Um, yeah, my name is Leah Wyman, um, either, yeah, either through your yeah, messenger or you can also contact me through Instagram. So, um, yeah. The direct message on Instagram, which is ecoactivist.lea. Um, other than that, my radio show page, of course, come. You can contact me via that as well. You can also send song, song suggestions to that, or um, I'll post my podcast recordings on there as well afterwards. And um, yeah, you can also message me and um, follow up and so stay in tune with uh, what future um, topics I'm discussing. And then if you want to collaborate as well. Uh, and come speak on radio uh, about a sustainability topic that you're passionate about um, then yeah contact me via that as well and follow that page and that's also at eco activist journeys um, on facebook so <laughs> that brings me to the end of today's show um, just yes thank you for tuning in Let's make sure we form a revolution. Let's make sure we get our voices heard and that we can, we will be able to say we did everything, we, everything we kept, could to um, bring about climate action and to push for change um, in our lives, in our wider society, in our community, um, government, whatever, you know, whatever. We all have some sort of sphere of influence and it's important that, you know, we address it and that we put this up on the high agenda of things that, uh, yeah, that this is a climate emergency and this is our unique chance to act on it and try and make the, better, the world a better place in general. So, yeah, with that ambitious goal in front of us, um, <laughs> join, if you can, join a strike as well. Yeah, join the Edinburgh or London or any of the other climate, uh, like international um, station rebellion strikes. And um, I thought what would be quite fitting because it's also about like, civil disobedience and saying you've um this as a society saying why is this being ignored for so long why is it not on the high agenda when we've been talking about it for decades um yeah and so i'm thought i'm going to play the song put out the lights 
uh, of London City by Oyster Band. And uh, yeah, enjoy that. And then if there are a few minutes left, the last song after that will phase in immediately will be um, Love Song to the Earth. Um, but yes, um, hope you enjoy those. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for supporting me. Um, and uh, yeah, let's support each other and lift each other up in this movement as well. Because we have so many voices that, you know, we all have our unique talents and ways we can use our voice uh, and make a difference. And I think it's important that we can support each other in that as well. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, thank you for tuning in. I hope you tune in again next week. And I hope, um, yeah, that can inspire you, inspire some new thoughts and solutions, inspire you to take action. And um, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful weekend. This was Eco Activist Journeys. My name is Leah. Um, have a wonderful day. This is an open letter from you and me together Tomorrow's in our hands now 